Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Hold from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features an interview with Housing Wire Managing Editor James Kleiman. In this episode, Kleiman and Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler examine guaranteed rates acquisition of Stearns Holdings from Blackstone Group. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks. So why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brendan Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hi, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire, and I'm really excited today to be interviewing James Kleiman, who is our new managing editor of our newsroom. Um, James, we're going to talk about Guaranteed Rate and um, their acquisition of Stearns, but before we get into that, I really wanted to um, just uh, say congratulations and and tell everyone, you know, we made you managing editor this week, and that's such a huge deal for us. Um, and I just want to say congratulations and also, um, you know, give you a little bit of uh, time to talk about your vision for the newsroom. Sure. Well, thanks a lot. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, when when I spoke with Diego uh, Sanchez and Clayton Collins and you, I, I guess it was July at this point, you know, I was I was really struck by the ambition that everyone here had in, in leadership and and that this is this is just a beginning and that we're, we're really you know, just starting to climb the stairs. And so, you know, I. I come from a real estate journalism background, and um, I, I think it's funny because that doesn't necessarily mean you know a lot about mortgages, you know, even though they're they're so significant to the overall housing ecosystem. You know, I covered like oligarchs buying $150 million penthouses and like <laughs> right. mortgages, right? Like it just doesn't come up, you know, or if it did, it was mostly in commercial or you know, kind of exotic commercial loans that, that banks and hedge funds and private equity players would, would kind of cobble together. Um, and, and that was different kinds of intrigue, you know, but we never really focused or I never really focused much on on kind of the proper housing space that 98 point something percent of Americans actually, you know, are, are 
um, directly affected by. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a real learning curve actually. I, I thought like, yeah, you know, I came from, from a, a pretty top tier publication in real estate, like I'll pick this up in a week. And, um, <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what, what is a correspondent letter? I've never heard of that. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really eye opening. It's been really interesting. And, um, I've just spent a lot of time talking to people who do this every day, who know a lot more about it than I probably ever will. Um, and that's been really instructive. And I think that's really helped kind of form um, what I think is fundamental to how we move coverage along in the future. And that is really getting on the inside of these companies and learning the strategies and who's significant, who's important, who has the levers of power, and, and also really shining a light on the corporate responsibility that they have, because these are people that are, you know, in, in a lot of respects, kind of funding the American dream, and it's not without risk. And um, there are a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. And so I, I think it's really important that Housing Wire in 2021 and beyond is well positioned to cover them. And the only way you can cover them is if you know them and you understand why they make the moves that they make. And so, you know, I think just getting a little bit closer uh, to these companies is, is really going to be the big priority uh, this year and, and certainly next year as well. You know, when you when you talk about listening to them and, and getting to know them, we're talking, you were calling uh, eight to 10 people a day um, in the industry. And that was just, um, I, I feel like that just fueled your uh, your knowledge of the space and what's going on in a way that uh, was just amazing to behold. So over four or five months, you did that. And um, we were super excited to then move you into the managing editor role, which is really why we hired you. Because what we saw was um, someone who can really take us into the next level as a newsroom. And and like you said, you know, really getting into the, the deep details of this. So our goal at Housing Wire is not to be a wire service. Um, just like, oh, here's a, a rewritten press release. Here's an SEO filled, whatever. It's really to provide news nowhere else. And, and what that means to us is like, there is a housing wire angle that we're going for, which is, this is how, this is why it's important to you. You, you are a reader who is in this business, whether you're in real estate or you're in mortgage or all the different parts of, of the ecosystem there, this information is what's going to help you, um, you know, make plans, strategy, grow, uh, you know, just everything you need to know. And so that's a really different focus. And, and one of the things we saw with you was that you knew how to um, really nurture young talent and bring even people who've already had a lot of experience um, along to do those sort of deeper dives. And, and that's really what we're, we're about this year. We started last year with our HW Plus uh, membership program, and that is all about premium content. And that premium content takes really um, a different skill of, of reporting and also thinking, right, and, and diving deep into the details. And so you've already produced some great premium content. Other people have, and, and we're just really looking forward to what that looks like in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a trade publication lives and dies with how much it knows and why it knows and, and what it does with that sort of information. And so it's uh, it's going to be exciting and, and maybe a little dangerous, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're definitely not afraid of that. So, you know, one of those stories that, that you're diving into right now is um, something that happened this week, which is guaranteed rate, um, you know, is going to acquire Stearns Lending. So two pretty, pretty big names in our space and two really different business models. And so um, really interesting to us and to our audience. So so let's start there. You know, uh, tell me, tell me on a top line level, what what was interesting about this to you? 
There's there's a lot that's really interesting about it. You know, I, I think if you look historically, Stearns was a massive name in the mortgage space, and um, it, it it's had its ups and downs. But back in 2013, it was this was a top lender, um, certainly in wholesale. Um, but they've they've evolved and and they've they've kind of taken um, a, a different kind of model lately, and in, in that it's it's still a big player in wholesale. You know, I, I'd say it's a top 10. I, I don't know exactly where it falls, you know, and whether it's five or seven or whatever, but, but it is still a significant force there, but it also has a retail operation that is interesting. And the retail is going to be folded properly into guaranteed rate. You know, I don't know exactly how it's going to be integrated. And I think that's, that's going to be one of the enduring questions about this, this acquisition. But, but if, if we stick for the wholesale a little bit, it's, um, it, it provides guaranteed rate a totally new stream of revenue. It provides them, um, you know, an avenue of business that that I don't think they would have been able to have tapped themselves. You know, they they've never expressed much interest in um, in dealing with brokers. They have their own model. They they have teams. They have you know billion dollar plus producers. They they attracted from kind of talent, but it hasn't been brokers. And so you know, from a top line level, yeah, you know what? It's it's going to give them. Uh, certainly a little bit more cachet in, in the market. I think investors are going to look a lot more um, positively on guaranteed rate when they have diversified streams of revenue. Um, but there are a few other interesting points of the deal that I think we should talk about. The first is um, they both have an affinity for uh, joint ventures and and they do it in different ways. And, and I do think it's, it's going to be interesting how you integrate kind of a system for joint ventures because you can't form a joint venture with a Costco that you would with like, you know, SoFi or a mortgage lender or a real estate brokerage. They're totally different universes um, helmed by people that have different skill sets. And, and so even if the goal remains the same, you know, Susie Lou who needs a mortgage, you know, how you do that is totally different. Um, and so guaranteed rate, you know, they, they, have, they have big partnerships with some of the top real estate brokerages. So Realogy, in fact, is the top real estate brokerage. I believe it is still the top. And, um, you know, and that's a really, really profitable venture for both. And I don't know what the split is, you know, whether it's 70-30, kind of who has the risk or whatever, but I, I would think it's guaranteed right on that one. But, um, you know, that that brings in billions of dollars in originations per year. And they have another one with that properties, which is another big time brokerage that has been growing quite significantly through expansion and you know, M&A and, and all kinds of activity. But what's really interesting here is um, Stearns does it a little bit differently. So they have they have a pretty well-known JV with SoFi, the digital lender that's mostly known for student loans. Um, but they had one that I hadn't seen reported elsewhere that a few sources told me about, which is uh, with KB Builders, which is one of the biggest home builders in the country. And that is a really profitable joint venture for uh, for both. And, and again, I don't know what the split is, you know, whether it's 70, 30, 50, 50, 20, 80, whatever, you know, you can throw the numbers around, but, but it, it definitely is um, a big part of the appeal for guaranteed rate uh, because this is maybe depending on who you ask, this is going to be one for the future. You know, this is something you can bank a lot of projected revenue on, but it's a hard business to execute. It's a really, really hard business to execute. Um, and it, according to sources of mine, it hasn't gone swimmingly with SoFi. Uh, for a lot of logistical reasons, mostly, you know, the handoff between SoFi and Stearns. Um, it has gone better at KB, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, but, you know, the the top line here is I, I think that's going to remain a standalone business and and 
guaranteed right, we'll probably build something off that or at least borrow from it. Um, but that's a big part of the deal that I don't think has gotten a lot of ink. It's really interesting. And really joint ventures in general are going to be a story that we're looking at um, uh, this year. I mean, just in, with different people, it's 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 becoming more important and uh, becoming a bigger part of business. You know, one of the things you talked about was um, how these two things go together and that they have uh, different models. And, you know, anytime you you combine two companies, you're, you're going to have some culture clash. I think my, 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 uh, when I think about Stearns and when I think about guaranteed rate, really different kind of cultures there. Yeah. Um, Stearns maybe more old school, not in a bad way, but just, you know, uh, and guaranteed rate, just completely hard charging. I mean, we had, we had two guaranteed rate um, originators who made uh, a billion in origination within 2020, within one year yeah, um, no. this year. So, I mean, huge. So, so you have sort of, you know, um, we have a clashing of cultures. What, what do you think about that? What are you finding about that? Yeah, it's interesting that the people that I've spoken to, for the most part, said Stearns is very much kind of an old school, you know, a steady hand in the mortgage business. They don't chase every loan. They have a lot of really experienced people who have been there for decades. And um, they're a little bit more high touch, a little bit more white glove, um, a slower pace. They don't have on the retail side producers that do the kind of volume that guaranteed rate does. You know, they're not building like star teams of mortgage brokers like there's no shant at um at stearns and, and and the other thing about stearns is that it's a little bit more like a distributed model and so you know they, they're not like built around a call center in cleveland or michigan or or some sort of you know city in the midwest um but they, they do have a lot of um a lot of well-connected people that know the industry really well and and i do think that they serve as quite a contrast to guaranteed rate which you know, from from what I've gathered, um, is a pretty ambitious company, and and Victor CEO is a very intense guy, and and they they are not lacking for ambition. You know, and I feel like Guarantee Rate is the kind of place where where they they outwardly say, hey, if you want to be like a two hundred million dollar producer as an LO, like this is the place you come, and and we're going to give you the resources, we're going to give you the teams, like what you need to get it done. If we believe in you, we're going to give it to you. And, and that is not exactly how Stearns has historically operated. And, and the retail isn't as significant anyway. Um, so, but I think it's going to be really interesting if you look at, for example, let's say you have, uh, you know, two producers at this new company on the retail side, and one is in Atlanta. Let's say they're both in Atlanta and one is guaranteed rate and the other is Stearns. How does that work? You know, who gets the loan, who chases what, is someone subservient to the other? You know, I, I don't know. Um, and I do think that's going to be one thing to look for. Um, but, but even on the wholesale channel, which guaranteed rate does not operate in, you know, Stearns is, is a big-ish player, but the difference is like they do distributed. So they have a local and regional model, whereas their competitors, UWM, you know, HomePoint, some of these others, you know, they're, they, they run cheaper operations because they're basically just big call centers you know, and, and they rely purely on a broker network. And, um, and that's, that's different than what Stearns does. So they're, they're going to bring something new to the table here. I don't exactly know how it's going to be managed. You know, I do know that Stearns is going to retain um, the management of pretty much everything that isn't really like pure play retail. Um, so, you know, how they, how they function within the umbrella of guaranteed rate um, is going to be something to look toward as well. 
Right. And so uh, also, this is obviously very interesting for what guaranteed rates trying to do uh, with going public. And investors want to see that sort of diversified business model. So talk a little bit about what this does for them in that way. Sure. So to be clear, guaranteed rate has not said that they were going public. Um, You know, of course, I spoke with people before the news happened and then after the news happened, and um, they, they gave no comments, which you know, might indicate that there is a quiet period for the SEC. It might indicate that they're not actually doing it. You know, I, I, but, but I do hear from from sources who are, are generally right on the money with this kind of thing that they are in fact going public, and they've been looking at an acquisition for about a year, maybe a little bit longer. So, um, yeah, it's. I, I wouldn't say that it came as a surprise that they acquired Stearns. Um, I, I do think what it does for investors is it gives them access to the wholesale market, which you know, is is seen by investors as a little bit more purchase focused. And and if let's say rates do rise and you you would expect purchase business to then, you know, maybe have the upper hand a little bit, um, I think that would be seen as a positive for uh, a guaranteed rate that is looking to go public. Uh, but but in general, you know, investors they they want to see that you can make money in a lot of different ways. And, and so, or be a specialist and be extraordinarily good at one thing, like a UWM, for example, right? And UWM uh, got to where they are by effectively uh, cutting prices a few years ago and making a big bet on that, and it paid off, and they've, they've grown spectacularly. Guaranteed rate doesn't really do that. Um, but they are, they are likely to go public this year. You know, a lot of private equity backers see this as a great opportunity to cash out. Um, you can, you just have better, not just the possibility of surviving, but thriving when you have a lot more sources of of cash and liquidity. And you can tap public markets much more cheaply than you can just getting warehouse lines of credit from whomever is going to issue you one and a half billion, two billion, three billion, you know, whatever the number of your scale might be. Um, So it makes sense for them to do this. And although I think they have a reputation for being a little bit younger and, and a pretty hungry shop, they've still been around for a while. You know, like they didn't just you know, spawn in, in 2018, just as things were starting to turn back into a pretty booming market, um, they've been around. And, and you know, I, I have to imagine that they have a lot of investors who see this and look at this moment in history and think there's a lot of money to be made here. And, um, and you also can't discount the fact that Blackstone, when they sold or are in the process of selling Stearns, is getting a stake in this, in guaranteed rate. You know, I, I don't know how big the stake is. They haven't disclosed it, but but Blackstone is is a very savvy investor, and they're not. I have to think that they are, are are seeing a much bigger picture than we are able to see with the information that we have available. And I think that probably means there's a very good chance that the guaranteed rate is going to go public. Really great point on that one. And you know, for us as journalists, it's awesome when companies go public because then we get so much more information. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no more black box, you know, we, we get to see it all. So yeah, that's- now you ask somebody, hey, what were your gain on sale margins? And and they say, Oh, you know, and then you go, Oh, actually, you know, I looked at your statement and uh <laughs> turns out it was like two fifty or whatever. So it's yeah, it's it's definitely it's good. But I also find that uh that's a bit of a double-edged sword as a journalist because they're they're often not as uh, candid. Um, you know, when, when there is something uh, that you're interested in. So. 
Really interesting. Well, you are digging deep into the story. Um, so will we see a story um, kind of talking about some of these points uh, tomorrow, maybe Monday? Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to break the code here and um, and give you a deadline and not hit it. So so I can tell you within the next few days, certainly I'll have um, a feature that and everyone should check that out. It's, it's likely to be on uh, HW Plus behind the paywall. So if you're not a subscriber, um, please do. This is the kind of journalism that we're, we're looking to do much more regularly and more consistently. So, um, and if you have any, any, uh, any tips or suggestions, or you think there's something that I haven't looked into that I should, you can always hit me up. My, uh, my email is jkleiman, that's K-L-E-I-M-A-N-N at housingwire.com. Love it. And we cannot wait to see what you do with the newsroom this year and just the premium content that comes out of that. And we'll be looking for that story. So thank you so much, James. Thank you, Sarah. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.